aboard. Last call for all ship passengers on Pier 12. I know summer is sadly over, but that doesn't mean the fun and festivities have to stop. Let the vacay vibes live on forever. We are about to embark on a journey around the seven seas and learn all about the business of big boats. Whether you're into lavish voyages, endless activities, or just want to see sunsets from different places and perspectives as you stuff your face in the buffet, then this episode is for you. Man overboard! All hands on deck as we dissect the diverse world of cruises on this week's episode of FYI. Welcome to For Your Info. English. You got it. Another exciting edition of FYI. This is the topic-based show where we'll learn about everything and anything, all while we have fun. And remember, if you have any ideas for upcoming topics, I'd love to hear from you. Drop me a line. Oh, and I'd like to send a special shout-out to all of our friends who listen in on iVox. Recently, iVox wrote an article and they recommended some of their favorite podcasts to learn English. And guess who was on the list? That's right, yours truly, FYI. So thank you very much to iVox and everybody who listens to us over on iVox. Just another amazing milestone. So are you guys ready to go on a cruise? Well, let me start off by saying I've never been on a cruise. I'm dying to go on a cruise, but I've never been on a cruise. Now, I've flown a half a million times, but a cruise, well, I'll tell you in the bonus part why I never went on a cruise. A cruise that I have pending, and this is for family reasons, but I'll tell you all about that in the bonus episode. And just a quick reminder, there's a bonus episode every week, and you can get that bonus episode if you're a patron, along with PDF documents with all the vocabulary, expressions, and structures. And if you're in our higher levels, our super-duper students and our interstellar students, well, then you'll have access to weekly classes with me, where we go over all the interesting things from each episode. And if you're in our interstellar level, well, then you get all that and a private class with me every month. And a lot of people say, it's a deal, a bargain, un choyazo. I suggest you go over to patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso and take a look and let me know if you have any questions. And I'd like to take a moment to send a shout out to all my patrons, especially my super duper students, Lina, Javier, Paco, Roberto, Jose Maria, Mila, 
and Alex. And don't forget about my interstellar students, Carmen, Isa, Paco, David, and Edgar. I just want to tell you guys, keep up the great work. I'm extremely proud of each and every one of you. And those of you who haven't joined us yet, what are you waiting for? You'll get tons of amazing content, exclusive content every week. And all that is over on patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso. So let's take a look at the intro. I started out by saying, all aboard. I think that one is pretty self-explanatory. Then I said, last call for all ship passengers. Now, last call means ultima llamada. But if you hear this in a bar setting, in a pub or in a bar, it means it's the last chance you have to order some more alcohol. So if a bartender says, last call, that means order your last drink. Or drinks, depending on how much you like to drink. And then I said for ship passengers on Pier 12. And passengers, I think that one's pretty easy. A pier is a dock. You call it un muelle. And I chose the number 12 because my daughter was born on September 12th. And then I said, I know summer is sadly over. I know. I miss it too. It seems like it was many moons ago. That means a really long time ago. But that doesn't mean the fun and festivities have to stop. Then I said, let the vacay vibes live on forever. A lot of V's in there. And remember, Spanish people, V and B don't sound the same. Let the vacay vibes live on forever. And we don't say vacation. I've heard a lot of students say vacation. It's vacation, vacation. So that's why we say vacay, the same way you say vacas. And vibes is short for vibrations. It's a word you'll see pretty often. Then I said, we're about to embark on a journey. A journey is not una jornada. It's a false friend. Una jornada de trabajo is a work day. A journey is a voyage, a trip. And to embark is to start. It sounds like embarcar, to board. And the seven seas, where did I get that from? Well, it's time for my singing moment on the show. I travel the world and the seven seas. Everybody is looking for something. The seven seas. And we're going to learn all about the business of big boats. Well, in this case, they are ships. And what's the difference? Boats and ships. I asked Google the same question, and it says that ships are 20 meters. So anything below 20 meters long is a boat. And those small little ones, the rowboats, those are also called dinghies. But we're going to talk about these huge ones today. Then I went on to say whether you're into lavish voyages, and lavish is another way of saying luxurious, and a voyage, as I said before, is another way of saying a trip, a more poetic way of saying a trip. And it's not voyage, like the song, voyage, voyage, and on and on and on, voyage, voyage, 
<laughs> no, we say voyage. It rhymes with bridge, language, voyage. And don't forget about the endless activities. And we're going to talk about a lot of the amazing amenities that are available these days when you go on a cruise. Or maybe you just want to chill out and see the sunsets from different places and perspectives. Well, different places because cruises often have several stops. And different perspectives because we usually see the sunset from land. I've never seen one yet, as I said before, but I imagine sunsets and sunrises are truly amazing on a cruise ship. And don't forget about the buffet. I know you say buffet, we say buffet. People stuff their faces at the buffet. And that means to eat a lot, to stuff your face. And if you stuff your face afterwards, you're going to say, I'm stuffed. That means I'm really, really full. As always, think of words as ideas or concepts instead of just one-dimensional words. And I've heard this from everybody. Everybody who has ever gone on a cruise has put on a few pounds. You say poner kilos, but obviously in the United States we say to put on some pounds. And then I said, man overboard, which of course I had to do that. But how likely is it that somebody's going to go overboard when you are on a cruise? Well, it's highly unlikely. In fact, in the last 20 years, around 300 people have gone overboard. And in most cases, it was not an accident. It was on purpose. And also the expression to go overboard means to do it too much. I think you say pasarse in Spanish. Man, you got too many balloons for the party. You really went overboard. And we'll look at a lot of idiomatic expressions in the bonus episode. Obviously, idiomatic expressions that have to do with ships, which we now know are 20 meters and over. And please, let's pronounce that word. Ship. Ship. Es un e. Ship. Not sheep. Ship. Because a sheep is bah. Ship. So let's ask this question. Is there a sheep on the ship? Oh, and by the way, the word sheep, that's an irregular plural. One sheep, two sheep. And yes, like you do in Spanish, if we can't fall asleep, we count sheep, especially if we're on a cruise ship. Ooh, ship and sheep. You don't know how many times I've heard those words mispronounced. So as always, let's kick off defining what an ocean liner is, a cruise ship is, because they're different. An ocean liner is more like the Titanic or the Queen Elizabeth. These were these lavish, luxurious boats that went to a specific destination. And ocean liners sit lower in the water than cruise ships. And they have a pointed bow, and the bow is the front of the ship. Also, ocean liners are better equipped to handle bad weather. And they also minimize the feeling of movement aboard the ship, which is really important if you get seasick. Nobody wants to get seasick. Cruise ships, on the other hand, are more raised, and they're not as aerodynamic. But also remember, they don't have to go as fast. They're cruising. 
and cruising means going at the same speed, maintaining the same speed. Whereas those ships, the Titanic, the Lusitania, they were trying to be the fastest ones to cross the Atlantic. So the modern-day cruise ships are not really good at dealing with bad weather. Inclement weather, as we say. And cruise ships, also the purpose, I mean, they're meant for vacationing. You're supposed to hang out. Your vacation is supposed to be on the ship. Okay, you may stop at a few different ports and get off, but you don't have to. You've got tons of activities to do on board. You don't ever have to leave the ship if you don't want to. And there isn't a specific destination. You stop at a few different places. There's no real rush. Whereas the old school ocean liners, they went from Southampton to New York or any other Atlantic crossing. Kind of like the planes, in fact. Planes replaced ocean liners. So now that we've gotten all that technical information out of the way, without getting too technical, because I like to keep it simple. I like to put it in layman's terms. We're not trying to get an engineering degree here. We're trying to learn about cruise ships while we practice our English listening and we can practice our speaking. But that's in your hands, folks. You have to repeat what I say aloud, especially when you hear new vocabulary. And if you're a patron, you have PDF documents where you can follow along. You even have worksheets where you can see how much of it you remembered or how much of it you know before you listen to the episode. I guess it just depends on your level. Either way, if you want those accompanying materials, all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso. Let's take a look at the history. As I said, ocean liners were the only way to really cross the Atlantic. If you wanted to go from Europe to the United States, you had to take an ocean liner, and it would take around a week. And most of these were steamships, so there was no practical purpose anymore. It just made sense to fly. Just the time you saved was worth it. And I looked it up. The first cruise liner, purpose-built cruise liner, was the Princessin Victoria Louise, which was built in 1901 by the American Hamburg Company. It was the first ship designed specifically with cruising in mind. And in the early days, it was incredible. I read that they had cows on board. Yeah, you heard right. They had cows on board. Well, people drink milk, right? Where do you get milk from? A cow. You milk the cow and you get milk. The word ordenar is a very logical word in English. But also there was another reason. If they got stranded at sea or had a problem, well, then they would have tons of meat. But I can just imagine, you know, you're sleeping in your cabin and in the middle of the night you hear, mmm, and you're thinking, is that my stomach? Am I hungry? Maybe I need to go back to the 24-hour buffet and stuff my face. And we'll look at a lot more fun facts in the bonus episode, some that will absolutely blow your mind. But even though the Princessin Victoria Luis was the first ship designed specifically with cruising in mind, the true modern-day cruise experience as we know it today began in the 1960s. 
as I said, the industry turned away from the transatlantic routes, the same routes that were being used for cargo, and they turned it into a luxury entertainment experience. And cruise ships became more casual. You didn't have to wear a tuxedo anymore. The British call it a dinner jacket. And they started to tour different places like the Caribbean islands and other amazing destinations. But modern cruising didn't really catch on. I mean, 1960s is when they started experimenting, but it really didn't catch on until there was a very popular TV show about a cruise ship. Does anybody know what TV show I'm talking about? Let me play a little piece of the intro for you. But I know in the United States, everybody from my generation to my parents, my grandparents, was familiar with this classic show. Let's see if you recognize the opening theme. The love boat promises something for everyone. Set a course for adventure, your mind on a new road back. The love boat. That's right, it's The Love Boat, and it came out in 1977. And it was kind of this show about people who were on a cruise ship, and, you know, there were affairs, relationships. I mean, it was really like a soap opera. But it brought cruise ships into the public eye, and in a major way. Remember, TV was king back then. And all of a sudden, people all over the United States wanted to go on a cruise. They wanted to see if it was like it was in the show. And from what I've heard from people who work on cruise lines or who have worked on cruise lines, it's pretty nuts. At least with the crew members, which they have their own quarters, their own area where they don't mix with the guests. And I've heard that they party like rock stars. People are hooking up with each other. They're drinking like fish. Well, think about it. Sometimes they're on board for three months, eight months, some of the contracts that they might get. And we'll talk more about the crew a little bit later on. But if you haven't checked out The Love Boat, check it out. It was responsible for making the cruise industry as big as it is today. And how big is the cruise industry? Oh, I thought you'd never ask. Well, as of December 2021, there were 323 cruise ships operating worldwide with a combined capacity of 581,200 passengers. Cruising has also become a major part of the tourism industry, with an estimated market of, are you ready for this number? $29.4 billion per year and over 19 million passengers carried worldwide annually as of 2011. And the industry is growing at a tremendous pace. In the bonus part, we're going to take a look at the largest ship right now. But guess what? It's about to be overtaken. That's right. So as we're doing this, as I record this right now, the biggest boat in the world is being built. So records don't last too long in the cruise ship industry. 
it seems like they're building boats left and right. And I guess that's great. It's supply and demand. If there's a demand, then they've got to have enough boats. And industry experts say that the expected amount of passengers in 2027 will reach 40 million a year. 40 million people who want to get on a big boat and have tons of fun together with their family, with their friends, or who knows, with other singles just like them. Oh yeah, there are singles cruises. And in the bonus part, we're going to take a look at all kinds of wacky cruises that you can take. And as always, fun facts. Let me give you a fun fact right now. Almost all cruise ships these days dwarf the Titanic. That means they make the Titanic look very small. The Titanic could hold 2,400 passengers. Some of the larger cruise ships today can hold double that. So if you saw the Titanic in the water these days, next to these cruise ships, it would look like a toy. Like the one my daughter has in the bath. And we'll look at some more fun facts in the bonus episode, as I said. The three biggest lines, as far as how many ships they operate, are number one, Royal Caribbean. There are people who say Caribbean and Caribbean, but in the case of the company, it's always Royal Caribbean. They have 28 cruise ships at the time of the recording of this podcast. Next is Carnival Cruise Lines with 24 cruise ships, and then MSC Cruises, with 23, and there are more being built as we speak. And here's a trivia question for you. What is the cruise capital of the world? Hmm. I'll tell you what, you can give me a city or a state. Okay, so I just gave you a huge clue there. It's obviously in the United States. Well, Florida is the state. They have five ports cruise ports, and Miami is the city that holds the title of the cruise capital of the world. But hang on one second. In 2022, Port Canaveral surpassed Port Miami by passenger numbers. In 2022, Port Miami welcomed 4,022,544 cruise passengers. Hey, a good exercise would be to write down these statistics. In every episode, you'll get some statistics. So if you want to practice numbers, that would be a great way to do it. Let me give you the number again. So in 2022, ahí puedes practicar el año, Port Miami welcomed 4,022,544 cruise passengers. Now in Spanish, that's, a ver si me sale, 4,022,544. And let me just remind you, where you guys put a decimal point, we put a comma. So you switch them. So written, that's 4, 022, 544. All right, let's try another one. Port Canaveral welcomed 4,072,396 cruise passengers during that same period. Did you write it down? Let me give it to you again. 4,072,396. And notice, I didn't say 4 millions. I said 4 million. All right, in Spanish, here I go. 
4,072,396. Remember, it's written with commas, not points. So that means Port Canaveral had about 50,000 more passengers in the same time period. So does that mean Port Canaveral is now the cruise capital of the world? Well, either way, if you said Florida, you were right. And we'll wrap up the first part of today's show talking about the world's largest cruise ship. Again, this is as of 2023, as of the recording of this podcast. And the information is already outdated. The largest ship in the world is, drumroll... Royal Caribbean's Wonder of the Seas. But don't celebrate too much Wonder of the Seas, because soon you will be surpassed by your successor, Icon of the Seas, which will measure 365 meters. And I don't even want to think of all the amenities it has on board. But we're going to talk about amenities, fun facts, weird cruises, the most expensive cruise in the world, living on a cruise ship, the costly construction of ships. Of course, we're going to talk about food as well, and we'll learn all about the word cruise and other interesting idiomatic expressions. All that and much more in the bonus episode. So I hope you'll join us there. And if you don't, well, that's okay too. Whatever floats your boat, cada uno lo suyo, to each his own. I sure hope you enjoyed this week's episode of F.Y.I.